ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Green Ball Corp, has been producing industry-leading tires for ATV side-by-side market for over 25 years with tires like Mongrel, Dirt Devil, TerraMaster, XC Master, Dirt Commander, and Groundbuster. They have a tire for your application. Top racers from GNCC, Works, and Best in the Desert rely on GBC Power Sports Tires. So why shouldn't you? Go check them out at gbctires.com to see the full line of tires they offer. Thank you very much. Tim Furches, I want to thank you so much for reaching out to me. Um, before we get started, I want to just tell you what an amazing cause I think that you have going and, and uh, just an incredible job you're doing. Um, we appreciate it so much. In, in the industry. Um, I'm going to let you tell everybody all about it. But before you do, how are you? And again, thank you for coming on ATV Talk. Thank you. Uh, I greatly appreciate it. Uh, doing well. Um, glad to be here. Glad you take the time to allow me to come on the show for you and kind of uh, explain what I do and what we do with the kids and and hopefully it'll spread and uh, to get out more to the to the other people who do not know what we do well exactly we, we got to make everybody's platform larger um, so you know I'm going to do all I can to uh, get this out and, and and make it as big as I can um, so that as many people will will get to hear it and see it and and hopefully they'll be able to help you out and uh, and get the kids taken care of because the, the the kids are our lifeblood in this industry. Absolutely, um, it, it's you know it, it starts with the kids, um, and as the kids grow up, of course they get older and turn into adults. And they'll have kids eventually, and it just keeps the sport just keeps growing, whether it's quads or bikes or or whatever you know. And and that's that's you got to start at the grassroots. Exactly. So, how did you get into ATVs? Actually, I started when I was early high school. Um, the bike I had was a Honda 250X four stroke, and um, Back then, it wasn't all the bells and whistles like now, of course. And that's how I started. And my best friend actually was, a, at that time, was a pro rider on P50R. And, of course, we've, we're still very tight with one another. And we, he, he kind of worked with me a little bit more and taught me a little bit because I, I was still a rookie at all this and didn't really understand a lot of the ins and outs, you know, like it is now. And that's how I got started. And then I rode my first ATV national at Muddy Creek out in Bluntville, Tennessee, which is close to where I'm at right now. And I fell in love. And I was like, oh, I got to do this. This is a blast. Um, what year was that? First, 
first race was it was actually 1986 is when I first started. And I've been hooked ever since. Can't let it go. I'm 51 now, so you can do the math. I'm, I'm an old dog now. <laughs> Muddy Creek is just it has amazing memories for me and negative, you know, some, some are just incredibly good and some are incredibly bad. <laughs> yes. Yeah, hey, that's me too. Cause that first race I went to out there, it was in the Saturday race was beautiful. Not a cloud in the sky that morning, the sky opened up and it was a total mud race. And I mean, to, you know, and they actually gave everybody option. If you want to ride, you can. If not, we'll end it wherever you ended on Saturday. And I'm like, hey, I paid. I want to ride, you know. So I got out there, and they was, I think, four out of a full gate in C-class. And I was luckily, my boss told me how to get a hole shot to make sure you're going to stay in front. And I did that. So got over and they said whoever gets to the finish line your race is done like okay i got this got almost to the finish line i mean we're talking a couple hundred feet and uh those of you know muddy creek it used to be the the horseshoe which now took that out it's called the bomber it's similar ish kind of the way it used to be but it's still a little different and down and was on my way up to the finish line and it, the, it was so slick my bike started sliding sideways and I went off the side of the track and could never get up and cross. So I went up finishing second. But after that, I was hooked. That's that's an incredible story. And did you race just the nationals or did you race local stuff as well? I raced the, the nationals and I did at least two TTs. That way, at that time, it was uh, you had an option to run. If you ran both, you had a grand national series if you ran just like pt or motocross it was a national national and i wanted because i wanted a grand national number that was my ultimate goal is to earn something that i worked for and the following year i did some of the tt we went to texas devil's bowl speedway down there and and then i did all the motocross and i finished at the end of that year i finished fourth in the nation in C class, my second year, and I earned my grand national number. Did did you, did you go, into the, go ahead? Oh, and I loved every minute of it. <laughs> did you race uh, four wheelers or just three wheelers? Uh, four wheelers. Not good luck with three wheeler. I I crashed one out our driveway out here. I was showing off and. <laughs> I hit a rock and needless to say it didn't end well. I sort of ate a tree. <laughs> so I stayed away from three wheelers. Well, that's okay. Not I had some bad luck with them too, and I had some great luck with them. So the the three wheelers will always have a uh, a passion and a place in my heart, but um sometimes it's just better that I don't ride. Exactly. I, I like them, but I like to look at them, and that's the extent of that. You'll never, no one will ever see me on another one. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> uh, you also have a uh, a son that races too, correct? Yes, sir, I do. That's and awesome. his name is Christopher, and um, 
he he kind of started out a little kind of like like myself. We me and my wife, um, he, he kind of wanted to go watch. I really wanted to go watch the uh, Supercross here in town, which was a local fairground race, and he just kind of took interest with that and a little off the subject a little bit. See, he's autistic on the mild spectrum. So, you know, I, we're thinking, you know, he's really not going to do well with this. We don't really want to put him in this because don't know how he would grasp the sport, you know. So he's kind of hesitant. Um, his grandparents and all, we got a little uh, 70 Panther, little knockoff Chinese four-wheeler. Actually, they got it in Gallenberg is where they bought it in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. And he went out there, and we we told all the parents. I mean, we bought everything. He was almost bubble wrapped, I kid you not. And we told all the parents, hey, you know, this is him. He's got a disability. We don't know how he's going to react to this. He may just make a lap and call it done. Don't know. And um, everybody was real cool with it. Said, oh, no, don't worry. And, I mean, they literally would blow his doors off when they left the gate. And when they started coming up on him, they literally would just go at his pace until they got around him, made sure they was clear, and then those boys just kept doing their thing. And when he come off the track, he loved it. I mean, you could see a smile like you've never seen before, you know? And the, that, I think, was his true calling. And so we went down to a local track here from us, other than Muddy Creek, done a little practicing, working with him. And he showed a little bit of natural talent, kind of working, you know, how to turn right and, you know, what to do, what not to do, things like that. And he wasn't fast by any means. And before it was over with, within two years, he was already knocking on some doors, um, doing quite well. And he got his first win. And that's all it took. And whenever he come off the track, you know, it's a little harder to understand him at times. I mean, we could, could understand him, but others would be a little difficult. He said he felt good because when he put his helmet on, he felt accepted as one he had no problems and that's the way he would kind of word it and we knew that was it and he found and ever since then the 13 championships later include national championship um and still going and he's of course on the big bikes now but he runs 450b um but yeah and wouldn't trade not one minute of that at all for the world myself or my wife wouldn't so that brings us circle to actually what what I want to talk about, and one of the things that needs to be talked about is what you do for the youth riders in the ATV MX. Um, why don't you get a little bit into that and uh, explain what it is that you do do, and uh, and how that and how that process all works? Make sure you tell everybody how long you've been doing it. Okay. Um, originally, uh, to start off from the beginning, a lady they call her Quadana, uh, Frida Rizal. She originally started this event. This was where it's originated from. And Gary and Frida Rizal, they did it for many years and great people. 
absolutely great people. Um, they really took passion in this. And Frida finally got down to where she was having some major health issues. And she didn't want to let, the, let it die. And she reached out to a couple people and kind of wanted to find someone that she knew could do this and would take care of it and do their best to make it thrive the best they could. And she had asked one person, and they just really didn't want to do it because it, it is time consuming. And she had asked me, and I was like, you know, I could try this. You know, we, I, I'll, I'll give you the best I can. And I am not organized by any means, trust me, but I can keep organized. And she worked with me a little bit of kind of how she does little things to, to go in to get sponsorship requests for donated items. And I was like, okay, I can, I can do that. I'm pretty good. And the, that year when I took everything over, this will be my eighth, my personal eighth year doing this. And so I've got that down to an art. And I can't tell, talk to the same person twice and give them the same spit. Feel. I just can't do that. I try. It just doesn't happen. Even if I write it down, I change something. But um, basically what we do is I start this in November, usually the weekend of Thanksgiving. You know, most places are shut down or for, for the holiday and whatnot. I, I've got a, a red book, actually, this right here. Sorry there. And that is my Bible. <laughs> I take that everywhere I go, even to work. And it's got contacts in from, from the certain, you know, not certain, but a lot of the companies, uh, some of the actual owners of companies like Fly, Western Power Sport, Maxis, CST, you know, stuff like that, Elka, where I get directly to who I need to get to. And um, my wife actually has, you'll sit down and she'll redo our cover letter which is typically you know, four or five pages long, explain our mission, what we do, and where everything goes. And I send that out directly to the companies. And it's some, some of them are a long process. Several of them, like um, Western Power Sports and Fly, I have to do this six months in advance, uh, especially with BWT is nine months in advance. So some of those companies require me to do it's a long process that we're constantly calling or talking or emailing uh, over, you know, several months. Um, even though they know what's going on, it's that's where they're approving everything. And when everything starts coming in, some of it's slow, some of it's a little later through the season. Um, I usually try to put on there that I have to have everything in hand before July 30th. That gives me a a buffer of at least a week to 10 days before we leave to go to the ranch and start getting things prepared. Um, but when we get everything in, what we do is, of course, I'll have all the companies that have donated, no matter who they are, big companies, little companies, even the mom and pops. I've got some of those that help us out. We have everybody on a monster banner. And then some companies that can provide us a banner, you know, I'd love to have. And we post those all around, too. And while we're at the track, the day before the event, um, when they get all the PA and get everything going, we're up in the tower at least five, six times the entire weekend per day. 
and doing plugs of this and this. And if you want to help, you can do it this way. Or if you'd like to donate and didn't have time this year, here's how you can do it. You know, where I'm personally at, which is right there on Pro Row, um, you know, where you can get in touch with me. If some people just don't know who we are, and there is a few that don't, uh, they just know of the name and that can't put the name to the face yet, which that's okay. And um, then on Saturday evening, we go up to the main pavilion at the ranch at Loretta's. And what we will do, we'll be there usually two or three hours in advance, uh, starting set tables up and get items. We have a lot of volunteers of parents that come out and they help us bag and help unload the truck and get things set out. Couldn't do it without them by far. There's several families that just go over and above beyond to help us out. And they really do. And they never get enough thanks. Even though we thank them, they just still can't. Um, then what we'll do from that point, we'll have everything laid out on our tables. And typically there's anywhere from 12 to 18 tables, completely full plus stuff laid in, in the floor, like gas jugs and fuel or some of the big ticket items like tires and whatnot. And as the, the kids start coming in, we have a table set up and I'll go to eScore and I'll get a rundown of everybody on the property on Saturday morning because there's still a lot comes in on Friday afternoon sometimes that can't be there early. And um, I'll have everybody's name. Then what we'll do is we'll start making sure uh, that you're in a youth class. So basically, you cannot be on a 450 at all. So if you're on a 450, you're out. You cannot participate because that wouldn't be fair if we let some people on 450s, but they still run like a 400 class, then I'd have to let a lot more. And that's kind of how Freedom really wanted to instill that it, it has to be 400 cc's or less to be eligible. So that's where we cap it and, and we'll leave it at that. Um, and then whenever we've got everything, I, the ladies that I have up front, they will head and like um, they'll say, uh, Johnny Smith, and they're looking for Johnny, they'll put a check mark on by his name and they'll put his name into a bucket and they can go sit down or we'll have hot dogs there that parents go out and help us cook hot dogs. I've got about 400 hot dogs right now as we speak um, in the freezer that a food service here locally donated to us, chili, and um, we'll have that all there. So that gives them a little something to do while the time is at idle, I guess. Then we will get the ball rolling. Once we have a chance for more of the, the kids to get checked in. And by that time, it's filling up. You know, parents are always more than welcome. There's usually some that will attend. Um, and that allows some of the pros at the time to chill out and decompress because some of the pros will come up and they'll help us out with their stuff, like pro jerseys and things that they give out. And we'll let them personally hand it up as well. Then we're do our opening remarks, uh, announce our sponsors, and, uh, you know, thank everybody for being there and, you know, tell everybody, you know, we appreciate everybody that's here and how we're going to do things by basically giving, you know, we're going to call your name after we hold up a set of items. Um, we'll say, for example, a set of tires. The first five are getting tires, for example, and we'll start calling their names, like Johnny Smith. 
Well, he comes up and he gets a set of tires and we'll get pictures made with them. Some of them just grab them and head off because they're excited. Uh, a lot stand right there with us and get their pictures made, of course. And then we'll try to put those on the site and, so the sponsors can see them. Because we want them to acknowledge and see what an impact they're having on the sport. Um, even though they may not get a... Yes, go ahead. Do you have any type of... Um system to have the kids send the specific companies that they that they received uh the donation or the or the item from to, to send that company a uh, uh like a thank you no uh usually we send something personally from us to the companies to say thank you very much for you know your donation and we try to you know, send them pictures specific for their items, if possible. Most, all of them are, there's a few small, small ones that have like small items that you can't really see per se, or like, you know, certificates, thing like that. We always try to send that and let them see them with the kids. Um, that way they personally can see the kids and, 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 and their item is being given out as well. Maybe just as I know this is a lot of work and and I don't mean to add to it, but as a sponsor of something like that, it's always nice to get a photo and a thank you from the individual rider. Um, I know that when I was racing, um, I've had sponsors call me because I used to send plaques to my sponsors Mm -hmm. at the end of the year. And I've had them call me and thank me directly for those because sometimes just a thank you in writing or a photo with a signature on it. Um, a sponsor will get excited about it and because they don't hear thank you very much. So that, that might be something that you could um, possibly make a form that you could hand the kids that the parents need to take care of it, you know, give them like 30 days, you know, please have this done within 30 days, you know, and, and, and get a photo and a thank you to off to the sponsor. Um, some, something I, I know you're already working super hard and I apologize for, for bringing something up like that. No, that's a good idea, actually. Um, yeah, um, you know, my, my wife, she, she, if it wasn't for her, I couldn't do a lot of this because she does a lot of behind the scenes stuff, but, but yeah, that's a good idea, you know, to have something new. I know in the past, what she has always announced that, you know, please, you know, Call your call this specific sponsor. Come thank you. You know, don't know if they did. I chances are I'd say they did not. Um, but uh, yeah, that's something definitely gonna have to look into doing. You know, putting something in there where they can do that. I think that you'll see um, an increase in the amount of support that you get when the sponsors are acknowledged that way. That makes sense. Absolutely. hundred percent. You know, it's just like you were telling me when we were talking about this a few days ago, that you see kids that remember the, the work that you've done and they come up and they say hi, or they talk to you, you know, and some of them might even just run up and give you a hug just because they remember that you helped them and they're eternally grateful for that. Um, you know, I think that they could do the same for these sponsors. Maybe the sponsors will never come and see them, but when, you know, John Smith has raced 
and now he's a, a pro-am and DWT got that letter from him when he was eight or nine, 10 years old. And now they've sponsored him since and helped him since then because he called and sent a photo. Um, th that's the relationship building that we're looking for. Um, and that's going to help grow the sport as well. So th those are some things that, that, that the parents actually need to help grow because that's, they're the ones that it's saving them the nickels, you know, the nickels aren't coming out of their pocket. Then. Exactly. Exactly. Um, there's, there's several that, you know, you, you can see they, they're there just what they get and that's, you never see them again or hear from them. Um, and then there's a lot that's the parents and the kids. I mean, they're super grateful for anything and everything, no matter if it's something they don't even use, they're still thankful, you know, and, uh, and that, that's important. Um, I know you can't make everyone happy and it's, that's, it's literally impossible. Um, I've tried, <laughs> it just doesn't work that way, but, um, you know, yeah, we just want it to grow and want them to, you know, to appreciate what they get no matter what size it is, no matter the, you know, the value of it. Um, Cause a lot of the, the parents, like I, I had told you the other day, the one parent that specifically stuck out to me and it, you know, those are the ones that you never forget. And, and there's a lot of those. Um, that's, I mean, my, I've got a bag that's like that big of, of little stories. It's just would blow you away with just being humble and we need more of that in the sport. I, I like the fact that the pros come and interact as well. You know, uh, you almost, you almost have to have that program with them. You know, I know Andrea Berger started a, a WMX deal where they take one young, one young lady, every race and match her up to a pro and that pro helps her at the gate on Sunday or talks to her, does a sight lap with her or a walk lap with her. And um, the more we do for the youth, the more the sport grows. Yes, sir. We, um, the pros help me so much. Um, and those guys just, they hear it till I'm blue in the face. I mean, I, I'm close to all those guys and, and they, they know that we're super humble for them. And, you know, most of them, I can pick up the phone and say, hey, can you do this for me? And 99% of the time, yeah, no problem. Tell me when and where, and it's done. Uh, it's that close relationship that we have with those guys. And and the kids, they look forward. They know the pros are going to be up there with them. It won't be all of them. Typically, there's four or five of them, maybe six, that, that, that can go up there. Because some of them are still probably busy you know, signing autographs and things like that down in the pro pits and whatnot that try to get a way to come up. Um, but they'll all, all of them, I have their jerseys and uh, some of them do other things with it and like hoods or whatever. I mean, it's just all kinds of stuff they bring. And and whenever they come up and we usually wait till they get there and um, which is typically about 20 minutes after we get started, we'll kind of turn it off from being from us and give it to these guys and let them actually draw out 
to give their jersey away to a youth rider, whether it be a boy or a girl. I mean, it's, you just don't know. And they'll come up and then they get your pictures made with them. And I mean, you just thought those kids won the lottery just <laughs> from experience, you know, and they love it. And my wife, God love her heart. I love her to death. And she, she wants to do a game and she's good at this. And she came up with an idea of dress your pro. So how this was going to work is we have three pros. And if, when we first did the first one, it was Joel, um, Thomas Brown, and uh, I believe it was Jeffrey Australi. I believe it was those three. And the, the, well, they they picked the youth themselves. So we didn't touch it. We let them pick a, one of the taller kid, a medium, and a short one. That way a little guy can help out too. The youth that they picked, the rules was they had to put their helmet on them without no pros doing it. They just was a mannequin. That's basically all they was. They had to put their helmet on, put their jersey on, no pants. They just their jersey, gloves, and their boots, and buckle their boots. And whoever got that done first, I gave them gate passes for next year to get in for free for two people. So six, basically six people got in for free for Laureates. They got their armbands. And that place was a hit. I mean, they, I mean, everybody just gang piled, you know, these pros you know, looking so pick me, pick me, you know, and, and they, they loved it. They absolutely loved it. And Thomas started cheating a little bit, kind of helping out because he wanted to beat Joel. And, you know, everybody's kind of calling him out, hey, you're cheating, you're cheating, you're whatnot. And then, um, so they gave out their, their jersey like they had planned. And uh, Thomas says, hey, can I take and do something? I said, the floor's you guys. You, you do what you want to do. He said, can I give away my helmet? I said, that's yours. It's up to you. He said, we're going to do another one. I'm going to give my helmet away. And that place went berserk. So he drew a name out and gave his helmet away. Well, Jeffrey's like, uh-uh, I'm not going to be under, done by Thomas Brown. That's not happening. He said, I'm going to do mine. So he did his helmet. Now, they've already done all three of their jerseys. And uh, then Joel said, well, I can't give you my helmet because i got a race two weeks away, so I can't do that one. But he said, I'll get my boots. So he gave his boots away. Before it was walking out of here, Jeffrey walked out with a pair of shorts and socks on, no shoes, no nothing. His name, but he left. Joel walked out with shorts and a shirt and a pair of flip-flops. and Thomas walked out with shorts, and that's it. <laughs> they were stripped down to nothing, basically. And those kids loved it. I mean, absolutely had a blast. And every year, she she comes up with something to where they can interact as a whole and let the, the kids get, you know, they love that. Just that interaction. Even though it's just a few minutes, they love it. How many kids do you normally get in the pavilion there? Right now, the way things are, uh, last year I had 178 last year. Um, not long after I took it, a year, about a year after I took everything over, I was averaging 230, 240, but it, was, it wasn't consistent, but it was hovering consistently right at 200. And, you know, a few 
have gotten injured, so that take they're out, they won't be there, or um, some may be in school and they can't attend. So you know, there's little little hiccups that that can't some can't attend, of course. But uh, right now, I'm actually banking for this year of about 165 is what I'm thinking because I know there's uh, I think eight that I could that I do know that are injured and they various they won't be there because they can't do anything so that I've heard from so but you really don't know but yeah right in there around 170-ish probably consistently as of right now especially with COVID because there's some up in New York that you know they 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 don't want to dare chance anything, you know, with that and totally respect that. Right. Right. That, uh, that's a lot of kids. That's a lot of kids. And then you add, you know, probably 30, 40, maybe 50 parents in there. Whew, you got a whole passel full of people. Yes, sir. It's a packed house. It is a packed house. And I used to, uh, when I raced Loretta would, always come up and, and the youth wasn't going on at that time but um she would always come up on saturday evening at the pavilion um and she would do a little something whether it's say hi you know thank you all for coming out to the to the ranch you know we appreciate it sometimes she would sing a little little instrumental or something and i remember those days like it was nothing and you know she can't anymore but uh, but i it would I'd love to see her be able to come after again. I the two times that I remember her doing something, I missed them both because I was at the hotel instead of at the track. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where I found out something was going on, I was there. I didn't leave. <laughs> uh, if I'd have known, I mean, I mean, I heard rumors of it happening, but you know, I'd never. I'd never seen it, you know, and I just uh, missed out, you know, missed out. Cause yeah, I, I was really trying to, to see if I could work it, but I just, I know Tara, her granddaughter, you know, she's out doing things, you know, her and, um, oh, Lord, forgive me, please. Conway's uh, grandson. Um they're working like together, team up together. And I, I just didn't nearly get a chance because I know their schedules are super busy. I was going to try my hardest this year to see if she, at least she could come stop by there. Because sometimes she's right there close to where she could come by and just say, hey, thank you guys for coming. Just something, you know, because a lot of these kids don't never seen nobody like that and wouldn't have a clue who they are until they put the thing to the face. It's like, oh, wow, you know? And um, like me, I, I, at one point, I used to work at Dollywood, and which my partner is the biggest owner of that place, for the most part, other than a few shareholders. And being around people that's like that don't bother me, you know, because I've been used to that, that kind of a life, I guess you would call it, you know, with being around celebrities and whatnot, which is cool to see. You know, you know what's going to happen, but it's still cool to say, hey, I got to see you today, you know? And right. these kids would never had the opportunity, I don't think, to experience that. And they would love that. I, I think that they would. I, I would hope that uh, maybe that something could be, uh, could worked out in the future. I, ho I hope that happens for you um, because 
getting the kids excited about things that could possibly happen. You know, even if you don't tell them about it and, and it does happen, it's going to be even funner. Um, it's, it's just yes. like whatever the pros do while you're there. Um, speaking of that, are you going to get the WMX pros in involved this year? Have you talked to, reached out to them, talked to them about it? I've got with, got with four. I haven't heard anything back from them yet, which I don't mean it's not going to happen, but I'm trying, still waiting to, to hear from them. And I'll be touching base with some of them uh, this weekend, which I won't be at Red Bud, but I've got a, somebody that's going to be there for me that can uh, be right there close, you know, that maybe we're missing one another or whatnot. But yeah, I'd love to have them in there. Make sure you text me their names. Will Please. do. I will. Um, I don't have a lot of pool, but, uh, maybe hearing it, maybe hearing it from me might, might help. So I will do that. Absolutely. It's, it's a lot of fun to be involved with that. And I can see why you do it. Um, not everybody's going to get to see the look on your face like I do. And the smile that you have when you talk about it. it, it's, um, I hope you get to keep doing it for years and years and years. Um, the joy that you bring to these children, they will talk about until they're past our age. And honestly, the, the first year was hard. And I thought, I can't do this, you know, because I mean, I was so stressed trying to, I didn't want to let nobody down. And that's just, this is a big thing, especially for me to come out of my comfort box that I've never done nothing like this and to step into a role like this. And by the second year, it's a piece of cake. It is for me now because we've got a rhythm down. But um, And I, I hope it keeps going. I want it to. Um, you know, this year is going to be hard. Uh, COVID, we survived through COVID. Um, and it has done very well. It didn't affect us on the youth at all. But this year, it has come to a stop real fast. We average around 30. When I went back and looked, it was average of 31 sponsors a year. And this is big companies along with, with some little mom and pop stores uh, helping out as well. and. As of right now, we've got 16. So this year is going to be extremely difficult to even, I mean, it'll, it's going to happen, but it's going to be the hardest I've ever had. Because um, I'm used to having, and I take the numbers that I get, is if you go and buy directly, like for you guys, for example, say from Duncan, whatever you sell something for on your website, I add that as, as if it was bought, even though it was a state donate. Um, and that's how I come up with the, the numbers of for the year the, of donated items. And we average between fifty to $62,000 a year is where I put a, a number on everything. And that's a lot of stuff. Um, and I mean, we're, we, we have to go down a box truck if that tells you. Last year I had seven pallets on a box truck and it was loaded to the gills. And um, 
we like never got it in the doors. I mean, it was literally up to the roll-up doors. And we're standing there trying to squeeze it down to get this stuff in there, you know. And we got it, but it was it was tight. And um, this year, I, we're going to be lucky to have three pallets this year. Um, and there's a lot of loose things, you know, that, that you can't put on a pallet. And I've got race gas coming that uh, someone I know is bringing that from Bowling Green, Kentucky. So that way, you know, it can't don't be shipped. So that'll, that'll, you know, free me up there. And I've got other stuff coming from Roanoke, Virginia that they'll bring down because their place is literally right there beside them, which that helps greatly because I've got several people that as they're coming through, they can grab and bring. And uh, that helps a lot. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it, it works itself out. It always does. But this year is going to be the, the very hardest that I've ever had. And it's going to work out, but I don't know how, but it's going to work itself out eventually. Well, I wish that you and I would have met met, uh, weeks ago so that we could have got this out a little sooner. Um, I'll be putting this out next week. Um, So it'll come out not before Redbud, but before Loretta's. And hopefully the sponsors will hear and hopefully that uh, people will get involved and um, do, do what they can do. Um, It's, it's not easy for companies to provide product uh, always. Um, Trust me, I understand because it's, we don't make a lot of youth stuff, so we don't make any youth stuff. So it's really difficult for a company like ours to, to provide things like that. Um, sometimes it makes me feel bad, but it, it, the company was developed a certain way for a certain reason. And, uh, uh, but what we can do is we can donate our time by getting the word out, by getting people involved that we, that we know, and maybe reach out to a few people that, that you haven't, or maybe some that you have that were thinking that maybe this year was too tight. Um, so uh, I, I know some people and I'll do my best to, to get this, get this information to them and, and we'll see what we can do to help you out and, um, and do our best to make it grow. Uh, Tim, I'd like, if you would please, um, make sure that you keep me in the loop of how this went and how it goes. Um, if you provide photos and you provide some information to us, we will post all of it. Um, on all of our social media pages. Um, the girls don't like it when I volunteer these things, but <laughs> you know, uh, when they teach me how, or when they give me the ability to do it, then we'll great. M- most of the time they've taken any task like that away from me because I don't do it right. Um, well, at least with you. they don't think I do it right. I think I do it right, but um so, yeah, my wife tells me, she says, leave the, the pictures and the updating to her. Stay out. Because I try and I, I I destroy it all. I really do. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to go hide it out. <laughs> well, let, let me ask you this question. Your, your wife didn't get asked to take this on. You did. What did she say the first time that you brought it up to her? Well, she, Frida said, well, you guys discuss it and, and see what you think. 
And Stephanie said, you know, are you sure you can do this? And I was like, I think I can. I'm going to try. And I said, I'll, I'll do, I'll try that one year. And if I can't, I'll, I'll just have to let Frida know, say, I, I just can't do that. And, and it, it worked itself out. She said, you're going to, Frida told us basically this, you need to make it to fit you. Um, Cause things that she'd done and for her that worked well may not say work easily for us. And when we took it on, we, we changed the name a little bit because it was kind of, uh, it was looking, it was actually youth as youth contingency program. And some people thought it, it we was just going to hand out money. That's what like some thought or, or like fly bucks, things like that. And so my wife said, we need to change the name, keep it similar, but change the wording and put out a new look, um, you know, do a little minor tweaking. And that's what we did. And it, it blossomed. I mean, like great and did really well. Um, she designed a website and got that going and um, had it to where you can click on the, the sponsors on the website and it would take them directly to your site. And you would leave the youth page and go directly to youth. And that way they wouldn't have to type in, um, say, fly racing. Um, they could just touch it and boom, you're right on their primary page instantly. She, she worked a lot to really incorporate a lot of little things. And it it done so well and with the photos and, and try to incorporate where they could see them and they could have a collage of you know, items for themselves, and, and it did really well. It still has. That's that's incredible. That's, that's a lot of work, and and a, a lot of devotion to take care of these kids. So, what's the website? It is on Facebook. It's National ATV Youth Racer Program on Facebook, and on the website, ATVMXKids.com. And, and you could, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. There's, is, is those Facebook and the website are your only, uh, there's no Instagram. There's, there's no, just, sure. just Facebook and the, the website. And are the is Facebook and the website linked? Yeah, it should be. I mean, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it should be linked. Yes. I take it the boss is listening. Yes. <laughs> He's here just in case. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I, I, I wanted to make sure. Does she have cue cards there so that you're getting it right? She's done it a couple. Yes, actually, because I forgot. <laughs> I had a blonde moment. <laughs> oh, that is so awesome. Um, you can tell I'm married too, right? It's okay. It's all good. Well, my and, two youngest daughters are the ones that help with the podcast and are actually the kind of the reason my son, Danny, is a diehard loves ATVs, went to the nationals with me, has been to work, been to the Baja, been all over with me, uh, been to Pendezvous with me. And he just is a diehard ATV racing fan. And he always told me something like this should be done. I played it off, played it off, played it off. And basically all I wanted to do was start 
uh, like a history show, basically talking about the history of ATVs. I wanted the youth to understand where it started and that they didn't invent it. Um, that these iron men that rode these machines that had no suspension and had three wheels um, and big balloon tires. Th- these are the guys that started it. These are the guys that, that laid the foundation and broke arms and legs and, and, and rode through horrific conditions to, uh, to get the sport where it is today. So that didn't happen. Now we have a podcast that uh, is bigger and, and more involved than I had ever Im- imagined, which, you know, when you take that on, um, it evolves into something and you're thinking they're scratching your head one day going, um, this is just a simple little thing. How did it get so big? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I got a job, I got a real job. And then I got to do this other job. Yeah, that's me. I work 40 hours a week, Monday through Friday, actually making marble from scratch sinks and showers. Uh, it's a hard job. And then then go to that and do this. Or I do it on my own time. If we've got a little downtime there, I've about got my book and I'm going through stuff at work, which he, he doesn't care. He's fine with it. But, you know, and it, it, I do that there as well. So, I mean, it's literally probably 15 hours a day sometimes uh, going without settling down. What does your boss think about it? Because it sounds like you got a good relationship with your boss. What does he think he's about my, it? He's my best friend. We grew up since we was in kindergarten. So we went through it all. I mean, including his three ex-wives. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, but he's cool with it. We, we, he's, he, you know, we get done with things. He doesn't care what I do. And sometimes we let the other boys do it. And I'm over messing around with things, but, uh, but, and he supports the, the sport as well. Cause like I said, he, he used to race a lot and he can't anymore. He, his, he broke his back, but, um, what's his name? Billy Warren. Okay. Thank you, Billy. Appreciate and, it, brother. And he, he used to race, uh, in the pro class, two fifty yards back in the day. Nice. I'll have to so, look. So he used to, he used to be in there with those guys and, and, uh, oh yeah. Miss miss those days. It was simpler then. <laughs> it is now, of course. I don't. I, I don't think it was simpler. I just don't think that we had as many distractions in our lives back then. You know. True. That is true. That's true. We. Uh, I know. There's a lot of times when we would travel. Uh, like his his dad, because we worked there when he was in high school with you know in the same place uh, with his dad owning the business. And his dad say, okay, load up, boys. We're going to Texas. And we'd throw everything in the trailer. We'd drive the Devil's Bowl Speedway for the TT Nationals. And we'd be gone a week because TTs was one week. Motocross was usually the next week, typically. Uh, sometimes maybe a little bit of a gap. And and I think, if I remember right, they had both the Texas races the same, like at the one weekend and the other was the following weekend. So we'd stay down there almost two weeks. And then we'd drive back home and then get back making sinks again and then start it all over and go to New York or Pennsylvania, wherever the next one was. We went to all of them, at least the motocross. That that's a great story. Tim, if you could, if you could, in your words, 
express to the listeners um, really what it means to do this. Um, just in your words, you know, just a, a little bit of of how it makes everything work and some of the emotions that go into it and some of the, the pride that goes into it um, just so they can hear it in your words. Um, I would appreciate that. And, and then after that, I have something else I need, I would like you to do. So go okay. ahead. All right. Um, you know, uh, it, it's, 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 it's hard to do this. It really is. I'll joke aside. It takes a lot of time, a lot of energy. Um, a lot of times you get a little, uh, overwhelmed, uh, you know, if things are getting close and you're not sure if you're going to get something soon enough or if it's not going to make it or um, if you don't have enough to possibly fulfill what needs to be done, you know, overload goes in real quick, especially for me. And it all works out. It always has, you know, everybody says, just chill out. It'll work itself out, especially my wife. She says it all the time, and and she's true, and it's true. Um, and you know, when you get to the point to where you, you start giving all this stuff out to these kids and, and some of the families, some of those little small kids may not understand or may not want to. You know, they'll say thank you, of course. A lot of the parents will come up and say, you know, thank you. You guys do so much for the sport. We appreciate that, and. We don't get paid for doing this, don't want to get paid for doing this, and that's not the point. We just want to give back to the kids and the parents for their hard work to that sport. And the parents, a lot of them do without. Uh, a lot of them sink every dollar they have into this, and this is one way we can give back and that's including us. I mean, we, we've been there, done that when my son was on the little bikes as well. And, you know, it's appreciated no, no matter what it is. And, you know, it, seeing, you know, the parents, uh, especially some of the kids come up and they say, thank you. And you can tell it's sincere. Um, and 99.9% of them, they are. Um, and they really do appreciate it. And that means a lot. That makes me feel, hey, you did a good job. Thank you. Um, and my wife, she does so much on the side, you know, that that people don't see. I mean, she puts in countless hours of things. And she just likes to stay to the side and do, do her thing because she's good at the computer side of, of stuff and whatnot. And... At the end of the day, when you see everybody smiling, hey, I got this, I got this, mission accomplished. Well, that's outstanding. Um, the last portion of this is I need you to reach out to the sponsors right now and let them know what you need and make sure that they understand how much you appreciate them. All right. Um, you know, we've got several that's, 
that always help us. I'll start like you put this in first. And they have always supported us from day one religiously. And and they just they wanted to help us and they told I mean verbally said we want to be there for you always. But they this year they just could not because they do they don't have the product to give or they're trying to even or even fulfill the orders that they have. And totally understand that and and no hard feelings at all. I mean, we've always been so appreciative of everything they do. Um, some of them give more than what I've ever even thought they would ever do. And I appreciate that. And we appreciate that. But, uh, and the kids, most importantly. But what I would like to do this year is going to be very, very tough, like I said, uh, to, to make it all happen and go in just like it should. But, um, you know, we need your support, no matter if it's little. Um, if it's gift certificate, that's perfect. A lot of the, a lot of the places, they send me gift certificates. Uh, that way they can get what they want or if they get a, a small percentage off or whatnot. We get a lot of those. And that's, that's perfectly good, too. But um, this year, we'll take anything. Just all I can say. And what's the uh, name of the organization again? National ATV Youth Racer Program. So I'm sorry, National ATV MX Youth Racer Program. National ATV Youth MX Program. If anybody's out there, and anybody that's listening, if you need help getting a hold of Tim, you can reach out to me at ATV Talk. Everybody knows uh, my number is posted on the site. My email is posted on there as well. Um, I'm going to put your information on there, Tim, as, as soon as humanly possible. Um, I want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. I'm, I deeply appreciate what you're doing. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org, or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. Duncan Technologies International. More than 33 years in the industry building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all the available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. See you next time.